Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. It's a time where we literally release to God our lives. We release control of our lives. It's a matter of control. In Psalm 16:5, it says, Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. Somehow we feel like we have to keep on doing, keep on working, keep on being busy, or we'll lose control. We have to fix it. No, no. On the Sabbath, when you rest, you release. Ah, control, that terrible word that no one wants to admit they have a problem with. But really, don't we all? Staying in control, whether at work, at home, really everywhere, is what we all seem to be striving for. In today's message, we're given a suggestion from Pastor Ed. Maybe we should consider the Sabbath a practice in releasing that control. Let God take your worry, your need to be busy, and your stressful life, and then simply rest in His abundant grace and mercy. Well, let's join Pastor Ed in the book of Exodus, chapter 2, verse 2, with his continuing study entitled, The Fourth Commandment. In Genesis, chapter 2, verses 2 to 3, But the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day he rested from all his work. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. If God rested, you need to do the same. If God modeled that and gave us an example, we ought to follow that example. Otherwise, we're saying, God, maybe you needed it, but I don't. That's pride. That's not recognizing that God, who made us and knows everything about us, knows our need. You know, I see all these technological inventions that are coming out and all these new computers and all of these different uh, uh, technical things that are coming out. And it's amazing, unless you really study the manufacturer's uh, details and know how to use it, you just could be trying to get that VCR or that DVD player or whatever you have just trying to work and it doesn't work. Well, God is our creator and he knows everything about us. He knows every intricate part of you and he knows that you need rest. You need time to come apart or else you'll come apart. You need time to be alone with the Lord. Someone has said, Is it that we are too restless to rest? We're so busy doing, so busy running here, so occupied with doing this and doing that, we never have a chance to truly stop and observe the Creator's instruction. It seems like we're bombarded with emails, the cell phone, all sorts of demands on our lives. And we have all of these inventions to try and make life easier, but it seems like it's becoming more and more and more complicated. And God's Word still cuts through our technological age, our age of busyness, and says, Stop! Pause! Wait on me! We can't brush aside His Word 
and neglect what he's told us to do. If we do, we do it to our own detriment. A story is told in Healthy Spirituality about Christians who were headed to Oregon from St. Louis. And they were traveling during autumn time and they were observing the Sabbath. But as winter approached, they were concerned about the snow. And they simply decided, at least some of them, that they needed to travel all seven days. But there were some in that camp that said, no, we need to observe the Sabbath. We need the rest on the Lord's Day. And so there was a controversy in that group. And so they split. One group just pressed on all seven days. And the other took and observed the Lord's Day. Do you know what group arrived first? The ones that observed the Lord's Day. Because they were better rested. The animals were rested. The people were rested. They were able to make better progress. God knows our need. He knows how he designed us. And he tells us that we need to observe the Lord's Day. And if we observe the Lord's Day, it's going to be a day of rest. Something else happens, though, on this day of rest. The meaning of life becomes more clear. The meaning of life. In Mark 8.36, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? We could get caught up in busyness, in buying and selling and achieving, and we could think our life is the measure of the things that we have. We could mistake the measure of our life by our possessions and by what we have accomplished. But when you stop and you rest and you're simply still, you realize that life is more than just work. What often happens is a person is driven by their work and then suddenly they hit burnout. And when they hit that wall, the thing that once gave them joy no longer gives them joy. The thing that once gave them fulfillment no longer gives them fulfillment. When... The Jews went into captivity, and the last of the Jews went into Babylonian captivity. The prophets said that God was restoring the Sabbaths of the land because the land would be vacant and not used. Sometimes I think what happens is when we fail to observe the Sabbaths, it's just going to catch up, and we'll have to stop. Maybe with a diagnosis of a serious illness. Maybe with just stress-related problems that cause us to hit a wall. God said his day was to be a day of rest. Ronald S. Wallace said, But it is only through the Sabbath that man finds out that daily labor has true meaning. And it is only through what is given him in the Sabbath that he finds the strength and vision necessary for him to carry on the struggle victoriously. It's when you rest in the Lord, when you take that time off and you take time to listen, take time to wait, take time to think about God and worship him, that life is put in its proper perspective. 
What happens oftentimes is people run through life and when they get to the end, they look back and they say, where have the years, the decades gone? And then they try to go back and they can't. God planned the Sabbath so that we would stop and think and reflect and not lose the meaning of life in the rush of things. God calls us to a place of rest. It was during the French Revolution that they wanted to wipe out any smack of the divine. And so they decided to change the concept of the Sabbath, a seven-day work week. They made it a ten-day work week. And they did that for one year. And the nation was exhausted, physically, mentally, and emotionally. And they went back to the seventh day. And one of their leaders wrote, he said this, and he was an unbeliever. If anything could persuade me of the truth of the scriptures, it would be their anticipation of the scientific fact that man requires an exact seventh of his time for rest. It is said that the Sabbath kept Israel. Not that Israel kept the Sabbath, but the Sabbath kept Israel. The nation was identified and was cohesive because it kept the Sabbath day. Voltaire, the well-known atheist, said that after his death, a hundred years from his death, that Christianity would be forgotten, a mere memory of history. He said, if, if they lose Sunday, the Sabbath. I think he'd be very happy with what's happening in America. There's something about gathering together, worshiping together as a community of believers that God has prescribed. It's not only a day of rest, it's a day of release. A day of release. In Deuteronomy 5, 12 to 4, it says, Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. To be holy is to be different, to separate. As the Lord your God commanded you, it's a command, not an option. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. On it you shall do no work. It's a time where we literally release to God our lives. We release control of our lives it's a matter of control in psalm 16 5 it says lord you alone are my inheritance my cup of blessing you guard all that is mine somehow we feel like we have to keep on doing keep on working keep on being busy or we'll lose control we have to fix it no no on the sabbath when you rest you release you're saying to god god I'm going to recognize there are some things beyond my control. Sometimes we are so addicted to work. Workaholism is the drug of choice for Americans. We're addicted to doing, to going, to running, to busyness. God said, stop it all. 
for a day that you recognize me and simply be quiet in my presence. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I'm God. God, you have everything under control. I surrender to you. I surrender my position as the manager of the universe. God, you can do a far better job than I can. It's not only a matter of control, it's bottom line, a matter of trust. Jesus talks about trust and worry, and he finishes this sermon or this conversation piece with verse 34 of chapter 6. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Sometimes we feel like, I'm not going to have enough money, so I'll work that extra job. Or I'll take that extra thing that I have to do. And we just keep on going and going and going and going. And in the midst of that, we lose our spirituality. In the midst of that, we become more and more secular and the sacred is lost. That sense of God's presence is lost in our life. Hobby Lobby made one of the most difficult decisions that the company ever made in 1998. Its busiest day was a Sunday. It was a Christian organization. But they decided in 1998 to keep their stores closed on Sunday. They're doing real great. They're still around. Chick-fil-A, another Christian store, made a decision. You know, there's something about honoring God's word, doing it his way, rather than our way. It's a matter of trusting Him. Diane Fassel, a management consultant, said, spiritual bankruptcy is the final symptom of workaholism. It usually heralds a dead end. It means you have nothing left. Fortunately, when the workaholic downward spiral is reversed, spirituality is one of the first things recovering people gain. It's a day of simply release. I was reading something about uh, in Scotland. They put a man in jail back, I guess it was uh, somewhere around the 17th century because he smiled on the Sabbath. No, no, God doesn't want to be a killjoy. He wants you to enjoy that day. Doing things that are relaxing, doing things that replenish you, But he wants you also to remember him on that day where you spend time in worship, in the word, in reflecting on your life, hearing his voice. I read about a preacher who was fairly new to his congregation. He was a young preacher and um, came from a very strict community there in... uh, in Germany, and he could not get the church on Sunday because of the ice and the snow, so he decided to get his ice skates on and skate to church. He got there on time, but the church held a very strict rule concerning the Sabbath, Sunday, 
And so they had a meeting with the deacons and the elders. And so the bottom line was this. And it was to their relief when they asked the pastor, Pastor, we, we know you felt you had to skate to get to church, but that's against our beliefs. Here's the question. Did you enjoy it? <laughs> he said, no, I didn't. They all were relieved that he didn't. What happens is God wants us to enjoy the Sabbath. He wants us to enjoy our Sunday. He wants us to enjoy our day of worship. But God wants us also to include him in that day. That he's a part of our worship. He's a part of that day. It's not only a day of rest, a day of release. It's a day of remembrance. A day of remembrance. In Exodus 20 again, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Now there are people who have all sorts of excuses for not coming to church. It's amazing. I want you to listen to these excuses for someone stopping going to ball games. And see if you see any parallel. I stopped going to ball games is the title. Whenever I go to a game, they ask for money. The other fans don't care about me. The seats are too hard. The coach never visits me. The referees make calls I don't agree with. Some of the games go into overtime and make me late for dinner. The band plays songs I don't know. I have other things to do at game time. My parents took me to too many games when I was growing up. <laughs> I know more than the coaches do anyway. Wow, that would be ridiculous. But people use very similar excuses to miss out on worship on the Lord's Day. In Hebrews chapter 10 it says, do not absent yourself from your assemblies as some do, but encourage each other the more as you see the day drawing near. It's a day we are to remember to worship our creator. We are the creature. He is the creator. So it's a day that you simply worship God. You remember that he created it all, that it belongs to him, that he is Lord of everything. When you think about God as creator, you think about how he sustains everything, how he is good. Just going out and enjoying a walk or your yard or a park. Just going out and looking at his creation and recognizing that all these things are the work of his hands. All creation speaks of him. It's a grand symphony of his greatness. Every time you observe the Lord's day, you, like the Israelites, are testifying to your neighbors, to your family, to the community that you have a covenant relationship with God. In Ezekiel it says this, And I gave them my Sabbath days of rest as a sign between them and me. It was to remind them that I am the Lord who has set them apart to be holy. It's a day that you just set apart for God and you focus on worshiping him, maybe reading the scriptures, thinking about what he's done for you. It's a time to reflect on life. It's a time where we recognize our responsibility to God. We are responsible to our creator. So then, each of us will give account of himself to God. 
It's a day when I remember that my life is not my own, but I've been bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. It's a day that I remember that I'm going to have to give an account of all the days, just like birthdays. You remember the year and you look forward to the year to come, especially if you're younger. <laughs> but you, you think about your birthdays, you think about some special anniversary, or you think about some special milestone. Well, God has set into every week a Sabbath, a day that you reflect on the week, and you take that week to Him, and you take those days to Him, and you present it to Him, and you say, God, Here's what I've accomplished. This is what I've done. And you get his perspective on it. Life goes by so quickly. The cycles just go by. As a child, you can remember your time in maybe grade school and then high school. Remember that day that maybe you stood at an altar and were married, if you're married. You remember the day when you had a child. And then you remember that day that child got married. And then then you just remember the cycle that goes on. And if you're not careful, you could get onto this treadmill. Just keep on going and going and going. And you've never stopped to pause. You want to... You're so interested in capturing life and not missing the moments that you really miss the meaning. And so God has designed a time where we sit down And we're just quiet and we remember and we review. Don't wait to review at the end of life. When you have a medical report that says your days are numbered. Don't wait to take a moment and look back on your life because it will be very disappointing as you look back. And you think, oh, all those things I've missed, all those opportunities. See, that's why God said, every seventh day, you stop, you reflect, you remember. And you get my, his perspective on your days, on your life. Otherwise, before you know it, the gift of time will be gone. The gift of time will have slipped through your fingers and your days will be over. And you'll stand as a pauper using the moments of time just for yourself rather than getting God's perspective on the gift of life. Listen carefully to the words of the prophet Isaiah. In chapter 58... If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Your Sunday determines your week, your month, your years, your eternity. How are you spending it? How are you spending it? The Ten Commandments are truly an epic part of the Bible. 
Hollywood has forever immortalized this section of the scripture in a movie starring Charlton Heston. While we know that we can't keep these commandments in order to gain entrance into heaven, what is our relationship to them? Pastor Ed will tackle this question and many others as he teaches through this 10-part series entitled The Ten Commandments. You've been listening to Voice of Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Voice of Faith and to access the archive of messages, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845 845- 462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Voice of Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Voice of Faith.